Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Geek Buddies! (laughs) Boy, that was a good try, Shannon. Thank you all so much for joining uh, joining us. We're very excited to uh, jump into so much that we're going to talk about here in the world of geekery. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're all back together again after uh, right. someone took a bit of a, a time, some time off to go and visit the castles of Europe. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, that as well here. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I am the outlaw, John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies in the Outlaw Nation. I am Michael Vogel, writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies and castle person, hunter, searcher, explorer. Hi, it's morning. I'm having coffee. It's good. It's good. <laughs> And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer where if you go to Netflix right now, you oh, can yeah. see some of the things that I wrote along with Mr. Michael Vogel, who's in charge of the whole thing. Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big City, available right. on Netflix now. Congratulations, boys. That's so awesome. Such great news. Uh, yeah. And a uh, big shout out to Carbon Health, who sponsors and powers the uh, Geek Buddies through the Outlaw Nation. Thank you so much to Carbon Health. If you uh, have been thinking about t- getting yourself checked out or been traveling to Europe as our uh, fellow Geek Buddy did and you want to get tested, <laughs> the best place to go is to Carbon Health. Go to CarbonHealth.com. <laughs> see all the virtual uh, ways that they can help you out with any health-related questions and the actual in-person ways they can help you out as well. they got 100-plus locations all over the country, 50-plus locations. <laughs> Sorry, here in California. Sorry about that, y'all. Maybe I need to go see them right now. Um, <laughs> to take care of they believe in personalized experience with healthcare. you get a physician that follows up with you checks in on you and they've also also got an app so you can have a doctor in your pocket or a doc in the pot as they like to say doc in the pot. check in all your stuff there so go to carbonhealth.com today and get checked out um but let's start with mikey mikey let's check in with you you've been to spain you've been to england you've been all over the uh, europe continent uh how are you feeling how was the experience uh any geek buddies fans there in europe 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there were some Geek Buddy, Geek Buddy fans gave me a shout out when I got to London on Twitter. So hello, nice. everybody. Uh, it was nice. But yeah, I, uh, a friend of mine was turning 40. He had never been to Madrid. He wanted to do it. So about 15 of us went to Madrid for about five days, ran around. I'd never been to Spain before. So that was a lot of fun. And then hopped over to London, which, as Johnny knows, is one of my favorite places. That's where that's where Johnny and I became best friends when we were roommates in a small flat on Great Russell Street. Um, but yeah, so it was great to go there with some friends, saw some shows, ran around, drank in some pubs uh hung out with gay people across the globe um so no it was a lot of fun it was really great uh you know hadn't really traveled for most of the pandemic i had gone to see my sister uh in denver for a weekend but other than that hadn't really flown anywhere so doing a big international trip uh it was good it was good to get away it was good to get a break you kind of don't realize how much you need a break sometimes until you just take a break from your regular schedule and then about halfway through you're like damn i really needed this uh (laughs) And then about go, three quarters uh, of the way through, you're like, damn, when am I getting back? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, there was, it was a long trip. By the end, it was a little uh, crawling to the finish line, ready to get home. You can only drink every day for so many days. And then you just got to take a break. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. And, uh, and, and just seeing geeky stuff all over the world always makes me happy. I don't know why. I get, like, seeing all the posters for movies in different languages and, like, popping into a movie theater. Even, like, the last day we were in London, we went to go see Secrets of Dumbledore, which... Oh, okay. Whew, mm. Well, we figured we were in London. And why it was not? gonna We figured it wasn't going to be a good movie, but at least this would be a fun experience, which it was. But, uh, boy, that movie... That movie is about as uh, whew, as thrilling as J.K. Rowling's Twitter. Like it was, oh. it was, it was no good. Um, but yeah, so it was a really, really good time. But I missed my buddies. Hey, I'm glad to be back. Nice, nice. Shannon, how are you feeling as we go into this show today? Are you okay? You recovering? Well, you know, it's 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 a little on the earlier side for us. I did ha- have some uh, have some goings out last night. Nice. Um, and, and it was like dinner. Like we were having dinner. Me and me and a few dudes. But it's. Uh, uh, one of the, the the main cook was Australian. It was Mr. David Piggott, who who Johnny knows. Oh my God, David! Wow, uh-huh. yeah. And right. so he he had he just a, an incredible chef, but also yeah. like he had this whole evening planned of different uh, different uh, alcohol. So we started off drinking beer, which you know is is sort of my go to. Right. And he then he's just like, hey, let's have an espresso martini. And so I was just kind of like, okay, that's excellent. So I tried that. And then we had red wine with dinner. And then he yeah. poured us all a whiskey. And I'm thinking, this is a lot of mixing, which is a young man's game. <laughs> and then because he had made this great meal, uh, a few of us went to uh, a bar afterwards. I'm like, well, I need to I need to buy a round of drinks. I, I brought the wine, but I need to buy a round of drinks. Right. And so I had one more beer. And then I had like a mile walk back to my car. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I needed this. Because it was nice and cool out, but my goodness, this morning I woke up like, and, and I'm not, I'm not in bad shape, but I doubt no. you can hear it in my uh, voice. Are you not though? <laughs> are you not though? Comparatively to how you gentlemen have seen me in the past, uh, this is fair. this is not that bad. Fair. <laughs> it's fair. just, it's just waking up and shaking, shaking the cobwebs off, and be like, oh, that's right, yeah, I can't do this like I used to be able to. Yeah, David is a barrel of an Aussie, and he goes hard and parties hard. So uh, <laughs> I know that from my own experience, which is why. I always knew when I went out drinking with David, I had to clear the schedule for the next day because he likes to go all night. Uh, so <laughs> nice to hear that you. Uh, I, had, I only had one. Food. I only had one really bad night. I only had one really bad night in Madrid oh, okay. where we woke up the next morning where it was like, oh, <laughs> what, what, what was that? What <laughs> happened? 
What happened? Ay, Dios mío. Uh, <laughs> ay, ay, de mí. Uh, all right, we're going to get into some things here. And, you know, we're starting out the show in a positive way, uh, but uh, we're going to get into a little bit of difficult conversation here. <laughs> we're going to start with some Ezra Miller news. We're also going to get into some trailer stuff with some Lightyear coming out uh, and also talk about these moving release dates. And our main topic today is going to be uh, that Thor trailer, that Thor teaser trailer that dropped that everyone was waiting for. That finally dropped. If you're a new fan of the Geek Buddies, the way it works is we bring up those three main topics, uh, three topics rather, and then we take a break, go into our main topic, which, as I said, is a Thor teaser trailer. And if you've been on the Geek Buddies train for a while now, thank you so much for continuing to stay on. Uh, so let's move into this thing and let's get it out of the way. Ezra Miller, well, 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 the guy I mentioned a lot when it comes to Warner Brothers and everything that's going on with them with uh, Fantastic Beasts and their Flash movie that's coming out here. He was arrested yet again in Hawaii. He was taken into custody. Uh, at around 1.30 a.m., according to Entertainment Weekly here, following an altercation at a gathering at a private residence in Pahoa. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, the police report uh, notes that Miller became, quote, irate after being asked to leave and reportedly threw a chair, striking a 26-year-old female on the forehead, resulting in an approximate half-inch cut. The victim, however, refused to be treated for the injury. Miller was arrested during a traffic stop shortly after, but released pending further investigation remains. An active investigation. What a shock. His representatives did not respond uh, with comment after all of this. And, uh, you know, this is the star's second uh, situation or second bout of legal trouble in Hawaii in less than a month. He was charged with disorderly conduct back in late March following an incident at karaoke bar. Who gets mad at karaoke bar? Apparently Ezra Miller. But that couple dropped their restraining order, I think, Monday of this week, they dropped the restraining order, or or, or late last week, they dropped the restraining order. So uh, this is this is such an insane situation for him. And according to the Associated Press, they 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 were the source of at least ten calls to the police on March seventh. That couple was um, reporting small offenses overall. So <clears throat> I I don't know what you do with this situation, um, and, and no one seems to be writing articles like they are about Will Smith's. The slap, because apparently this guy is, everyone's like, oh, I hope he gets the help he needs. But Will Smith, fuck him. I mean, I just don't understand the division in the approach to this situation. This is a guy who's, this is the second incident we've heard of him in the last few years attacking a woman. There's that video of him choking that woman that seems to have disappeared. And then now throwing a chair and striking a woman in the head. So I'm not saying he's intending to, I'm certainly the choking was intentional, but the throwing of the chair could have been at anybody. Uh, it just is. It just shows some irrational behavior. At 29 years old, when you've been handed two franchises, you're clearly not in the right frame of mind. And we've been hearing stories, or at least I have, from people who've been on the set of Flash and said that he was a very difficult guy. He was lost in his process. He was, uh, you know, constantly questioning what he was doing, and it was difficult to have him work. And it was causing delays in the production. So, gentlemen, I turn it to you all. Thoughts on what what does WB do with Ezra at this point? Are they going to let this blow over yet again and just keep coddling this kid? Well, I mean, the movie was delayed until June, and that is an eternity in, in Hollywood. True. There is plenty of time for the public at large to forget um, whatever offenses have been committed. Now, to the fact, like, obviously, we don't know the whole situation coming out of Hawaii. Uh-huh. If it's if it is their fault, if it's not their fault, at this point, maybe Hawaii and Ezra Miller don't agree, hmm. and Ezra Miller should maybe get out of the islands. Um, you know, you know, you, you see these uh, calls online. It's like, you know, recast, recast, recast. Give it to Grant Gustin. Um, 
I, I don't know if that, like, this is not an all the money in the world situation mm -hmm. where you were able to kind of take Kevin Spacey out and uh, put uh, Christopher Plummer in like yeah, this a smaller is, role. Yeah, this is the this is the lead of the movie who's yeah. playing two different apparently two different versions, at least two different versions of this character. Recasting seems like not like nothing's impossible, but it seems like an incredibly expensive uh, endeavor. I don't know. I mean, you know, I. I you, you brought up a really interesting point, John, about how people were so willing to just kind of, you know, turn their backs on Will Smith. But with Ezra Miller, it's like, oh, we hope they get the help that they need. Um, there is a bit of a double standard there. Yes. I mean, obviously, neither one of these individuals was right in what they did. No. Um, but and he's 29. He's not a teenager. Oh, sorry. They are not a teenager. Don't mean to dead name. I apologize. Please go ahead, Shannon. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what the, I don't know what the uh, correct course of action here is. I mean, and the fact that Warner Brothers nor Miller's representatives, as far as I know, have not said anything. I think this is another situation of they're just crossing their fingers that they hope this blows over. Yeah, yeah, Mike. I mean, you, I don't know how, I don't know, Mike, if you've dealt with any of this, any troublesome behavior with any pro, any actors on projects you've been involved in. But what's your response to all of this? I mean, one incident you can say, okay. Uh, you know, they got drunk at a karaoke bar. They got upset and whatever, even though the reports are that he broke into their uh, bedroom and said, I will bury you and your slut wife. That's what they claimed that he said. So th that was that's some pretty angry uh, uh, talk to have there. But a, a second incident here on the heels of also what happened a couple of years ago. I mean, this is beyond a situation where you need to keep like just kind of coddling this. This isn't a Robert Downey Jr. situation, I feel like, in my opinion. I mean, look, I think everybody is over Ezra Miller at Warner. Like, I mean, I think that at a certain <laughs> point, you're just like, fuck again? Like, what the actual fuck is going on? There's nothing Warner Brothers can do at the moment. Like you guys said, they're not going to recast The Flash for this upcoming movie. Like, it's right. too far done. Like, they have filmed the thing. Uh, Ezra Miller has played the role, like... Doing like the the amount of money it would cost to recast him for this movie yeah. is just it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It would make more sense to just be like fuck it, just bury the movie. Like we're not gonna yeah. do it. Yeah. Um. And I don't think they're gonna do that. Look, I think as far as his role in the Fantastic Beasts movie, I'm pretty sure those Fantastic Beasts movies are done. So I yeah. think that that's a that's a moo point, as Joey Tribbiani would say. Um, <laughs> Another Warner Brothers property, friends. <laughs> but, <laughs> So that's, so that's that. But I think as far as the flash goes, I think you're right. I think right now Warner brothers is, I think, I think any goodwill Ezra Miller might have had with Warner brothers executives is gone. I think they have made their bed. I think that after the first altercation, you're like, okay, well maybe it's going to go away. Maybe that was who knows what the situation was. And after the second altercation, you're like, all right, this is not great, but I think maybe people have forgotten it by the third one. You're kind of like, all right, like the word on Ezra Miller is out. Uh, I think they're hoping and crossing their fingers that by June this has settled down and they don't get arrested again. Yeah. Um, and I think after that, they'll make some big decisions. I mean, with the whole Discovery Warner Brothers merger and the way they're relooking at DC as a property as a property in general, I think that this they're trying to get this movie out let's get michael keaton in there as batman let's set up supergirl like let's yeah. get all the things that we need to do that this movie is going to do for us and then let's make some decisions and i think 
Ezra Miller has between now and June to either get their shit together mm. and do a big mea culpa and kind of do a big image makeover, or I think Ezra Miller is going to go away. I think that I don't think that Ezra Miller is so talented or yeah. Ezra Miller playing the Flash is so important to people. Like, you can just see the way the winds are going. I think anyone who was an Ezra Miller fan at this point has sort of. Yeah. Uh, we're we're good. Yeah. You, you can you can give us a new flash. I don't even and I don't even think it's a matter of well we need to explain multiversally that we're gonna bring in a different flash from a different multiverse. Like I think if they just recast the dude, everybody'd be like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> cool. Well, and it's not didn't recast Johnny Depp. I mean, they recast Johnny Depp when there were issues and didn't do any kind of like explanation of why that happened. It just was. Uh, and so, you know, why wouldn't they do that with the Flash movie with Ezra Miller? That's a fair point, Mike. Well, and the, and this sorry, is, go ahead, John. You know, real quick, just real quick. This incident is right after they had an emergency meeting already on April 6th about Ezra Miller. So this incident happens after they already had an emergency meeting to discuss what are we going to do about this person? Now he goes and doesn't, or they go and do another thing and boom, another emergency I, meeting, I imagine, is going to happen. Yeah. I promise you that if, I mean, I am sure... Uh, last week when this all when all this news broke i am sure that warner brothers executives if they could click their fingers <laughs> and have somebody else playing flash in this movie they would do it like they would be like we we are i'm sh there i don't i don't think anyone is like oh but really hope they get that i think they're really our flash and i really hope they can no i'm like i they're just kind of stuck right now and just i think that they're just like let's just make the most of it just deep fake justin do. long in there just deep fake justin long for god's sake the technology exists Shannon, what were you going to say? Sorry, we keep cutting you off. No, no, it was just talking. To, I mean, this is a slight tangent over to Fantastic Beasts, but I mean, who, like, I thought Mads Mikkelsen did such a good job, and I'm like, did, was there a line of dialogue like, "Oh, you got another new face"? Like, nope. one of the one of those small, like, why didn't you just say? Why didn't you just say? Nobody that? cared because <laughs> nobody cared. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I mean. I think, like, you know, it, look, it's great whether it's you know, whether it's the like this like the whether we're, we're recap, like we're bringing in like the original actors into a new franchise or whether it's a franchise like Harry Potter where you can cast the same people throughout. Like, look, sometimes you got to recast, whether it's Dumbledore, yeah. whether like, and if there's a good reason for it, like be that somebody's passing or somebody has done something and you're just like, we're not going to reward this behavior anymore. I think like everyone's okay with it. And I yeah. think in the same vein as Johnny Depp to Mads Mikkelsen, like I think that, if Flashpoint comes out, one of two things is going to happen. Flashpoint's going to come out and we're all going to go, holy shit, Marvel really nailed the multiverse and DC really fucked this shit up. Let's just put this under the rug and like start from scratch, right. in which case you get a new Flash. Or we're going to go, wow, Flashpoint, that was fucking great. I'm, I'm down for Michael Keaton. I love this new lineup. I can't wait to see this Justice League. You can go ahead and recast Ezra. Yeah. And we'll see. Well, certainly we'll see what happens with them and uh, what the response is from WB going forward. If they do the let's just stay quiet till it blows over crap again. I I think the the cacophony of voices needs to get louder and louder in protest to this. And, and as you said, Mike, I think you make an excellent point. The Warner Media Discovery merger here. New people are in charge. New people are looking at this. And already there was that story, though, whether it was fake or planted or whatever, about them looking at an overhaul of D.C. and approaching it in a whole new way yet again. This you've just now played into their hands and given them the excuse to move on from you, certainly. So uh, we shall see. All right, let's move on to our next uh, topic here. Mike, I think you got it. Oh, I do. Shit. 
Uh, that's me. Um, all right, Sony, Sony, again, Sony. I was, I was just, I was just thinking about the castles of Madrid. Um, no, I. Uh, so we got some other uh, geek news. We got some shifting dates over at Sony Pictures. Uh, they've announced their release date for Madam Web, and they have moved around dates for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So Spider-Verse was supposed to hit, uh, uh, Spider- Spider-Man, into, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was supposed to hit uh, October 7th of this year. Yeah. And it has been moved to June 2nd of 2023. Um, with uh, the part two of this two, or the part three of the Spider-Man trilogy, uh, release date of March 29th, 2024. So we have to wait a little bit longer to see what's going on with Spider-Gwen and Miles Morales. Uh, and then meanwhile, Madam Web is going to be coming out July 7th, 2023. So just one month after Spider-Verse part two. Um, so really interesting, and uh, they're moving up. Sony Animation is moving up an animated adaptation of Lyle Lyle Crocodile uh, to take the place of the Spider Verse release, the original release date of October. So we're gonna, for all you big Lyle Lyle Crocodile stands out there, you get to see him first. He's coming in October. Then we get Miles Morales Part Two. Then we get Madam Web in July, and then the following year we get Spider Verse Part Three. So obviously everybody's very sad because even just that quick teaser that we got of the next Spider Verse movie um, kind of blew everybody's mind. Everyone's super super excited about it, and the fact that we have to wait a little bit longer sucks. Um, you know, nobody really knows why they move these dates. Maybe they're really excited about Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Uh, maybe they made some changes to the movie. Maybe the movie just wasn't done. And from a production standpoint, they needed more time. Maybe for some reason, because God knows what they're doing with all their spider movies, they really wanted Miles Morales to come out one month before Madam Web to kind of get people excited for Madam Web. Because obviously with all of the Spider-Man properties, despite uh, the fact that they make money, uh, creatively, I think that everyone would agree that the animated uh, Miles Morales movies are the top tier Spider-Man thing that Sony is doing, and Venom and Morbius and Madam Web and Craven and all the other weird things that they are planning are not quite on that level. So uh, that is the shift in dates. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you have any thoughts, suspicions, ideas? I mean, generally, <clears throat> when a movie is moved from a date lot in, in October, which October does produce some successful movies, but they tend to be yeah. more horror films. Um, you move a movie from an October date to a summer date, that generally means a lot of confidence. I mean, yeah. like, you know, we want as many eyeballs to see this. We want kids out of school. Like, that's that's sort of what that move generally indicates. Now, there are plenty of times where you, I mean, I think the Kingsman at one point, the Kingsman at one yeah. point had, had a summer release date. And, you know, yeah. I wasn't a fan of that movie. <laughs> but um, yeah. I also wonder if they want it being, if they want it closer to that next, to that next chapter. If you have one coming out in June, then the next one coming out in March, I mean, that's that's less than a year. That's nine months. Mm. So is that possibly the reason? It, it could be that they want those two chapters as close together as possible. Um, with Madam Web, the fact that they're releasing that in July, I mean, to, again, I think that that is the appearance of a lot of confidence in the movie. I mean, right. at one point, Morbius was supposed to come. I mean, granted, like Morbius isn't a great example because it had s- sort of bouncing release dates, partly due to COVID. Um, but I mean, I think Craven is scheduled for a January release yeah, January date. Which, yeah. Now, in general, mid-January is not where you put 
your heavy hitters right. um, in general. Like, obviously, there are there are um, exceptions to every rule. But the fact that they're putting it, you know, July around July 4th, I mean, that says that says that they they've got confidence in it. And I do think it's interesting that across the Spider-Verse, I mean, it's very possible that you could introduce a Madam Web Web character. And then a month later, you have the live action version coming out. That's that's certainly that's certainly possible as well. Yeah, uh, that's my. No, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. Just real quick, um, uh, you know, if they're moving them around because it fits the schedule and what they're trying to do, and they have an overall plan with how they want to roll out these animated films and connect them to the live action universe, then it makes sense. I got no problem with that. I, I, you know, and more time with animation is, I you you two are more obviously more seasoned behind the scenes in the animation stuff, but for me, more times with animation is not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you can try new technology that comes out. You can try new things. You rejigger the story to fit what they want to do here. Certainly, maybe the Morbius reaction has been strong for them. Maybe there was something there with that that they were messing around with in the Spider-Verse. I don't know. So, But either way, it sucks. But it's been very interesting to see how many things have been moved that are related to COVID and not related to COVID. I mean, I feel like there's been a lot of moving pieces over the last few years uh, with these, and specifically the superhero films uh, in their approach to things. So clearly they want to kind of set establish something here uh, with uh, how they're releasing all these films so close to each other, as, G- as Shannon mentions, with Craven in January of 2023 as well. So, yeah, I, it, it sucks that we don't get it this year. But then again, I mean, we're getting used to not getting things in certain years and waiting, uh, you know, for it to finally come out. Yeah, if, if it wasn't for the Madam Web part of it, I would just assume, like, they needed more time. They were running a little bit behind just from a production standpoint. They just really wanted to do some more stuff. I do, and I could be completely wrong on this, but it it – it seems like a very Hollywood executive thing to do to say, well, hey, everybody's into the multiverse. We put a bunch of Spider-Men in No Way Home and that worked really well. Mm. Everybody loves our animated Spider-Verse movies. If we can tie what Miles Morales is doing into Madam Web, who is a part of the Spider-Verse story originally in the Spider-Man comics anyways, if we can sort of tie her in and do something that gets people super excited, so almost like, oh, you love Spider-Verse part two, you don't get to see part three until March, but if you see Madam Web next month, you're gonna get a little bit more info. Like that seems uh, a very Hollywood executive way to sort of be like, let's make sure we get people in on this Madam Web thing. Yeah, yeah, fair point, fair point. Uh, all right, so we'll keep updated on that for sure and see if there's gonna be any more movement as we go along here or if a Morbius sequel gets announced. It wasn't that bad. It was not that bad. I don't care what anybody says. All right, uh, Shannon. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. I don't think it was the cinematic pariah that it has been labeled. Yeah. It was no worse than Green Lantern. It's still not good, but fair. fair. I think that's fair. It was. It was not the crime against cinematic humanity that it has been portrayed. Venom was anyway. All right, go ahead. Uh, we'll, we'll next On to our last category: two trailer. Oh. Just one. Okay. Two months out from the release of Lightyear, we get a very, very long, very revealing trailer for what this movie is going to be. Um, very, very confusing move in, in, in my opinion. I feel like the audience, like they were there for this, but what they're showing us, I mean, we get a lot, uh, we get a lot of uh, looks at the supporting cast, really good look at uh, the character Taika Waititi is voicing. Um, this movie looks great. It looks like it's going to be fantastic. And we're really getting to see um, the, the comedic chops of, that Chris Evans has behind the mic. But gentlemen, what did you all think of our uh, uh, last look, potentially, uh, that we got of uh, Lightyear? 
I enjoyed the hell out of this thing. I had a really great time seeing this trailer trailer because we got more of the story. This idea that he's going through this uh, a portal that's almost like a black hole or interstellar black hole where time doesn't mean the same thing as it did before he went through it. Uh, and then he's like 60 some years later and he's talking to the granddaughter of his best friend and you know the aliens have come in it's got a bit of a dagobah feel when he lands uh the robots themselves the evil robots they look like i said maximilian from the black hole i've said that before uh, and i like that vibe that we got the infinity and beyond saying that was really cool to see that coming out um we got a little more with the cats and like you said we got a little more with the team so they're almost like this ragtag last survivors alive type team and Buzz comes in, and even at the beginning of the trailer, getting him doing the mission statement into the thing, which gives you a little more of the character that we've come to know through the Tim Allen interpretation being made fun of a little bit by the people he's with. So he takes his job seriously, and that's what makes him the source of occasional ridicule, which it was nice to see that here. And Chris Evans getting to play him more than just, this is Buzz, which he's done for pretty much the entire first few trailers or teaser trailers. Um, this was a little more of uh, of the playful Buzz we know, or the kind of off-kilter buzz that we know from the Tim Allen version of it. So to me, the animation looks fantastic. The story looks very, very interesting. Not much Zurg in this, so I'm very curious to see uh, how much, what his role is going to be in all of this and how they're going to play it out. So for me, I loved it, Mike. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. I mean, I get it. Like, you know, we haven't really gotten like the full story trailer. So yeah. even though everybody was already on board, I mean, I think this just gets people even more excited because now we have more to chew on. Like we know what's going on. We know that Buzz is sort of taken away from the team that he'd been stranded with, comes back, has to train this new group of like ragtag people that don't really have the training that he's got. He's got to make it work. I'm calling it right now that cat is the key to everything. That cat, you tell me, you have a cat that is some sort of artificial intelligent, you disappear, you come back 60 years later, now there's a bunch of killer robots coming after you, that cat, I'm telling you, is a third act reveal, <laughs> something's coming with that cat. Um, but yeah, I think it looks great. And I think to John's point, even though they really gave us a whole lot of stories, so we really know what's going on, we've seen very little of these robots. Like we've seen little glimpses of Zerg, we've seen glimpses. So even though we sort of now understand the setup, which is, you know, Planet of the Apes with robots, like Buzz kind of goes through a portal, comes back 60 years later, there is still a ton of story that we know nothing about. So I think this looks great. Um, I really did enjoy, I think we're gonna get a whole lot of Everything that your Buzz Lightyear said when you pressed that button as a kid when you had that toy, I think we're going to get to see Chris Evans do the real version of it. Um, and so we can see where it came from. So all the little isms that Tim Allen had as Buzz Lightyear, even in the trailer, he's like, why don't they answer? Like, we're, I think we're going to have a lot of fun seeing a lot of those little things that we know Buzz says, but we get to see where it happened originally in the movie version. So... I think this looks fantastic. I think it's great. Like I said, if they want to keep going down this road and they want to give us the live action Woody's roundup with <laughs> somebody playing the real life Woody and Jesse, like I'm down, like keep giving me this. I will go to the movies and see these. <laughs> well, and I think this was the first glimpse we actually got of Zerg. Like we sort of presumed that Zerg was going to be in the movie, but this time we actually saw, and it looks very, um, very toy accurate based mm -hmm. off of based off of the Toy Story movies. Yeah, I mean, just to echo what both of you gentlemen said, I think this looks awesome. Um, again, like I, I get 
I get why you would probably feel like you need to give a little bit a little bit of a story trailer like this was because that's sort of a big concept to like all right this is what like he he go you know he goes forward in time or you know he he's you know there's missing time there um the the idea that socks potentially <laughs> is the reason that these robots exist as one who lives with a cat not by choice i think that makes perfect sense that <laughs> the cat is the bad guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and look the, the cast is pretty massive uzo duba um kiki palmer we heard taika we heard dale souls as socks but you've also got izzy hawthorne mo, Mor- mo morrison darby Steele. uh you've got isaiah whitlock jr efren ramirez uh, Kira Hairston. So there's and Mary McDonald Lewis as the computer. So there's a lot of uh, voices we still haven't uh, 100% heard or gotten to know or see yeah. in these trailers. So there's much more of this story to tell. And there, even their uh, synopsis says Zurich has mysterious intentions. So clearly they're not going to reveal that till you see it in the yeah, movie. He's so searching, he's searching for kitty litter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and also and also like i'll tell you this right now you can as far as i'm concerned let's just give taika waititi hollywood you can put oh. him in every movie you can let him direct everything i want 18 more seasons of our flag means death like just keep bringing it on give me more taika <laughs> well we are we are going to get more taika june 17th and we're actually going to get even more taika after that which leads us to our main topic oh there it is all right yeah we're never going to talk about that the thor teaser trailer that's what shannon is alluding to uh in just a second right after this oh 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 sweet child of mine that's it's early. Good. It's early. It's That's early. That's good for the condition that he's in, Mike. Thank you. Say. Thank you, John. Thank I, you for the I support. Mean, <laughs> you've got to have put things in context. And, you know, I mean, we almost got to those notes. <laughs> it, okay, it was, it, was a, it was a good try, I guess. Hey, don't get him mad. I don't want a karaoke incident. Uh, it's, it's from... <laughs> Um, anyway, you just asked you just asked why people get mad at a karaoke bar. They hear someone sing "Sweet Child of Mine" like that, they get pretty mad. I'll tell you that right now. Hit the right notes. Oh, that's that's last call at the karaoke bar right there. <laughs> somebody, somebody, get this guy out of here. He's Marla Hoochin all over the stage. Get him out of here. Oh my god. Had to be you. <laughs> it's not as bit. Of, it's not as a, a big of a crime as bringing your own karaoke discs. That, I think that's the big crime. Uh, oh. all right, let's move on. Let's move on to the teaser trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder. Listen, this was an awesome teaser trailer. It's about a minute and uh, thirty seconds, something like that. That we got. We got to see Thor working out with the chains. Little CrossFit workout. We got his trucker hat on. I think it says number one Avenger or greatest Avenger. Strongest Avenger. Strongest Avenger. Strongest Avenger. <laughs> Still, it won't let it but go. the strongest is written in in Sharpie, if you notice. Like, it's not. <laughs> um, his interactions with the Guardians uh, with Chris Pratt, that's a really funny moment. There he's talking about people he loves and stuff, keeps moving his face in the way, uh, which is brilliant. And, and then we get to see um, Jane Foster wielding the Thor hammer, the Mjolnir at the end there. And Jane has been working out, ladies and gentlemen. And the uh, the outfit looks pretty comics book, comic books accurate. But we also got some really incredible cinematography and visuals 
uh, here. Taika Watiti returning to direct this one, convincing Natalie Portman to come back and be a part of this uh, universe again more, uh, more centrally. Um, and we get Thor exploring the fact that he wants to put um, his past behind him. He wants to stop using his fists, using violence. He wants to meditate. He wants the mindfulness. He wants to. He, he's wondering if maybe it's time for him to walk away from being a superhero overall. And we've seen this before, guys, with Spider-Man. Certainly, the uh, um, the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man was constantly battling with whether he wants to be Spider-Man in every movie. Um, and now we're seeing, and we see it in the comics all the time as well. Uh, even a little bit of Logan had some of that. So here we go again down this path of a guy who's pretty much relied on his muscles he's evolved from the first movie to this moment here where he's like yeah i I think i i need to go and find out who i am and i don't want to just keep relying on my strength and my hammers and my muscles i want to see who i am so gentlemen what did you think of the teaser trailer and what stood out for you um to get you excited hopefully for thor love and thunder i mean i don't even know where to begin all of it all of it excited me like it was just it's a great it is a great Teaser trailer for a teaser trailer that everyone has been so anxiously awaiting. Like every day, somebody like posted it's coming, and you're like, "Is it coming? It's not coming." Like when it when I like we got a we, we got a tweet that was like the Thor it's, it dropped, and I didn't even believe it at first. I was like, "Okay, here we go again." <laughs> and then I went to YouTube. I'm like, "Oh no, shit! Here it is." Uh, it's great. I think that there's a lot going on. I think Marvel does a really nice job. I mean, it kind of we discussed this a lot with No Way Home. We've brought it up in the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness stuff. Like yeah. at this point, with this many characters and this much story and this much backstory, we get these trailers and you're like, there's no way they're gonna be able to fit all this into one movie. Like with Spider-Man, it was like, how are you gonna make all three Spider-Men wrap up their stories, bring in all these villains, and then they did it and it worked great. And with Multiverse of Madness, you know, you're like, oh, we got like how many Doctor Stranges, we got the Illuminati, we've got the Scarlet Witch. And so here you kind of look at it and you're like, shit, you're telling me. We're gonna have like Thor on this journey of self-discovery, plus we've got all the Guardians, plus Jane is becoming Thor, plus yeah. we got a lot going on with Valkyrie, plus we got Gore the God Butcher going around, and we've got Greek gods, and we've got this and we've got that. How is it all gonna work? There's so much, but so far, their track record has been really, really good. Um, yeah. You know, we didn't even get a look at Gore, at, uh, Christian Bale yes. as Gore yet. Like we didn't yeah. even see him in the trailer. Um, and there was still so much going on. It, you know, definitely is following in that Thor three uh, footsteps of like it is a multicolored primary Jack Kirby like bright reds, blues, yellows, gold. Like it is, it is a loud ass movie visually, um, <laughs> and it looks fantastic. I think as far as like what I'm most excited, I don't even know. Like I thought I saw a tweet that said this is probably what I'm most excited about. A tweet said. This movie is going to make every bisexual very happy because between between Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman and then Valkyrie in her suit looking bored as shit as uh, as as king of Asgard like there's some beautiful people in this movie whatever your prefer whatever your preference there are some beautiful people in this movie mm-hmm. Everything, like, ever since the movie was announced back at Comic-Con, and they had that very specific sort of heavy metal font that they used for the title, um, that's what this movie is. I mean, this is a he- this is an album cover from the 1980s. It's a heavy metal album cover. Um, and, and I say that in all the best ways. I mean, the the 
existential crisis that Thor is going through. Like, you know, we had the PTSD that he had in Endgame. Yeah. But then watching where, like, what do I do? Like, you know, what do I do with with my life, with my existence? I think it's, I think it's going to make for a fascinating story and a story with a lot of heart. That's also going to have a lot of comedy because, you know, as they discovered, Chris Hemsworth is really, really funny. Yeah. Um, and then just watching his dynamic with the Guardians, like, is is this his new family? And you see you see the love in Quill's eyes as he's talking <laughs> about the Guardians and that slow shot where Thor kind of slides in front of him. Like, it's it's just really, really funny. We're going to have Thor... Um, on on a boat or or a sleigh being driven by two goats. I mean, which I you know is from Norse mythology. It's like yeah. tooth gnasher and tooth grinder, I think. And then with a cocktail get... bar on it, with a cocktail bar on it. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> you see the sign. You're like, All right. Well, and we we get a shot from behind of where we're presuming is Russell Crowe's yes. Zeus and awesome. what Greek mythology looks like in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like at this point, um. To, to Vogel's point, to Vogel's uh, uh, point about uh, uh, just giving Taika Waititi Hollywood, I mean, he he's got a very very high batting average right mm. now, and this seems to just kind of be following following in the footsteps of his previous successes. And you know, it granted, yes, the movie comes out in July, and folks were getting uh, impatient online to get a to get a glimpse at this movie and you know you you start to see sp- uh, people speculating like ah oh, the movie's in trouble they're not showing a trailer yet and but then when they finally do i mean it's just it's a home run and yeah. this this looks like it's going to be an absolute blast i mean so different looking than doctor strange but still in the same in the same world i mean what they've been able to accomplish is amazing yeah, and, and the shot of Tessa Thompson. There is a, a new Asgard being essentially the king there, and she's in the you know the three piece suit sitting there holding court uh, with the people. And um, uh, I think Mir- Meek is in there, or Meek. I think one of yeah. those. Uh, he looks yeah, like right he's shaking. Him. He looks like he's shaking a martini. Is what it looks like he's doing. He's <laughs> just like doing his thing, which is pretty cool. We get uh, we get some new duds on Thor as well, and and Michael mentioning the ship flying through, which is so perfect. Uh, the way it's it's navigated. And also there's a pirate moment, right? The woman flies in with blue hair. Who is she? What is that? And how does that affect the Jane Foster situation? Because in the comic book run, she becomes Thor after she breaks up with Thor and, you know, is dealing with breast cancer and navigating that as she becomes Thor. And, that, uh, and every time she uses the hammer, it, like, kind of increases um, the... Uh, it, effects of the breast cancer on her body. So well, are it, they it wipes out... That? It wipes out the... Um... Chemo. What the chemo. Call? Chemo, right, thank you. Because right. the chemo is a four. It's actually a brilliant story, but yes, when she goes to get chemo as Jane Foster, but every time she takes Mjolnir and becomes Thor, it wipes yeah. out all the impurities from her body, including the chemo, so it just right. keeps making the cancer worse every time she does it. So that's going to be really interesting to see how much of that story they're going to bring into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else stood out to you guys? Did you like... Some people have been... I, I saw that. I can't believe this. Some people were upset about the use of Sweet Child of Mine in the, in the trailer. What the fuck is wrong with me? That's such a great song. What would be the source of your upset for using that song? That's a 1980s classic rock heavy metal song. This is a 1980s classic rock or classic heavy metal rock vibe that you've got. Even the font lends itself to, uh, you know, uh, was it Frazetta that a designer did all the Conan yeah. stuff? It's not that vibe. So I don't know why Sweet well, Child of Mine wouldn't be the perfect usage here. What do you, what think, do you think that there are people, I don't agree with these people, but just to speak out on the other side of the argument, there are people mm-hmm. 
that prefer Thor 1 and Thor 2 because it is more oh. serious and more classic uh, Norse uh, comic yeah, book, whereas yeah. Thor 3 is definitely Taika influenced, a little bit more broad and ridiculous and over the top. And Thor Love and Thunder is definitely continuing in that vein. Now, I'm not one of those people. I think that Thor 3 is far superior to Thor 1 and Thor 2, and I'm more than happy for Thor to keep going in this direction. But if you are one of those sort of classic, I love classic Thor, I love very self-serious Norse mythology, like which there's a place for, yeah. Um, I can see that this maybe wouldn't be your cup of tea, but it is definitely my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. Shannon, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just it, yeah. To to what Vogel said, I mean, I think it's it's uh, making light of a character that certain audience members view in one way, and and creatively they've decided to take in another, and going that other way has has yielded some very successful results. I mean, there's reason that Thor Ragnarok is. The most successful Thor film. I mean, right. uh, so and, and and I think also anytime like you you have people doing like a little needle drop <laughs> in a trailer, <laughs> there, there there is going to be a segment of the audience that doesn't like it. Yes. Um, and you know, is it going to be in the movie? We'll find out. Not necessarily. So we'll find out. Oh, I hope it's in the movie. I mean, the, the, did you guys have an issue with the training montage? You know, a lot of people were mad about people calling him Fat Thor, and the, they felt it was body shaming or whatever. But he still got the job done. Uh, and him working out is, I think there's anything wrong with that. I saw some people saying, why does he have to work out to lose the weight? I'm like, what are you talking about? For some people, the working out is a way to get back centered mentally because of how they're, they've made a connection with their body and they want all that in, you know, all the chakras lined up and one of their chakras is working out. And uh, so their own personal chakras working out. So I didn't think that was an issue either. I thought that was effective with the chains instead of ropes. It's these massive chains, which makes so much sense. So a lot of it here, I just think, hits the right note. But there are some serious moments uh, in the trailer as well. You know, oh, Michael, you want to address that first before we get to the serious moments? Yeah. No, that was I. My, the the noise I made was addressing that enough. <laughs> exactly. Let it, let let uh, the man let the man let the man work out and put on his strongest Avenger hat and feel good about himself. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but no, there are some serious moments. I mean, I, I go to the the uh, the kind of winter shot there. There's a dead creature there. Thor's dead looking God. at. It's a god. Yeah, sorry, dead god, right. Thor is looking there with Korg, and they look, like, really upset about it or unsettled by it. So what is that? What is that going to lead us to in the overall story here? And the Mjolnir looks like it has been – it's still got the cracks all over it. So it looks yeah. like, you know, it's been put back together here for Jane to use. How does Jane get access to Mjolnir? How does that happen? Not that she's not worthy, but how does it happen? So there are questions still to ask or to have answered well, here because it's only a teaser trip. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the great, the, the the fun part of a teaser trailer is trying to put together pieces, uh, much like Mjolnir, and you're never right about it fully. Like, there's always surprises. But uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was when we do see that shot of New Asgard, like they've been doing some work since Endgame. Yeah. Uh, there's right. a bunch of cruise ships kind of parked right there, so you see a you see a, a, a New Asgard tour bus with a picture of Mjolnir on it. So yeah. I do think like. New Asgard is like a big tourist destination is what it looks like. You also see that a lot of the buildings, you know, when we first saw it, it looked very uh, typical earth town, yeah. but we see a lot of gold plated uh, things on top of buildings and it's starting to look a little bit like old Asgard. So this idea that, um, that New Asgard is kind of a big tourist destination that people around the world are coming to check this place out and that that's a big part of what's going on. 
And at the end of Thor, uh, not at the end, at the beginning of Thor 3, when Hela breaks Mjolnir, like, that's where New Asgard is. Uh, yeah, right. Nobody could move those pieces unless they're worthy. So I'm assuming that the hammer is still there in pieces. Until, you know what I mean? Like, it would, it would make sense that that's where the hammer is. Nobody moved it. Um, and so I think, like, New Asgard being sort of a key location. Also, when Thor does see Jane Foster for the first time, yeah. like, there are cars and stuff around her. Like, they're not on some other planet. Like, they're right. on Earth. Yeah. So I'm assuming, and I could be completely wrong, but I'm assuming that that big fight takes place maybe on New As in, in New Asgard. Mm. And so, like, that's where Mjolnir kind of is. Uh, you know, I don't know what brings Jane to New Asgard. Like I said, I don't know how much of the cancer story they're going to lean into. I really hope they do because right. I think it's pretty brilliant. Um, but, like, so seeing all that, but it does seem like New Asgard is pretty key. Also, uh, you know, Tessa Thompson as King Valkyrie looking uh, very bored. She does have a again. bunch of she yeah. I mean she's sitting there looking bored off her ass uh talking to a bunch of uh human diplomats the board and the and yeah she does not look like she's enjoying her role as king um and I think that's probably going to be what drives her to go on this journey so like you know it's going to be Korg Thor uh Valkyrie and Jane kind of going to deal with this god butcher thing and like to your point about the serious moments I think this is why I really do love Taika Waititi the man mm -hmm. is funny as fuck like we can all agree that when he does stuff but even if you are a fan of um our flag means death like it is really 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 funny stuff that has an incredible amount of heart and yeah. I think that that's what we're going to get in Thor Love and Thunder is that you have Thor, you have Jane, you're going to have them rekindling this relationship. You have Thor kind of wondering like what his role is. Uh, he's no longer king. He's kind of like, you know, he wants to put Stormbreaker up. All of a sudden, Jane is running around with Mjolnir. King Valkyrie is bored with what she's doing. So I think we're going to be dealing. And meanwhile, Gore, the God Butcher as a character, hates gods, mm -hmm, thinks mm -hmm. that they're all self-serving and building statues and worshiping themselves and not actually helping people. So this whole idea of what it means to be a king, what it means to be a god, like what really is your role, what's really important in life, I think is going to be central to the movie. So I have a feeling that even though we're all going to laugh our asses off and it's going to be amazing and colorful and badass and awesome, I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of emotion out of this movie. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I mean, because when you, you know, when we talk about Thor Ragnarok, we remember the comedy, mm -hmm. but there are some very, very heavy moments, especially between Chris Hemsworth and Anthony Hopkins. I mean, there are moments. Oh my God. Yes. I know definitely like for John and I that really yeah. hit home. And the, the uh, presumption is that Taika is just going to double down on what worked before. And that is something that really, really worked in the film, even though the things that we always talk about are Thor and, and Hulk, like on this, on this adventure. But those, those uh, themes were so central to the movie and to Thor's journey. Um, and there's death, there's a, there's a shot in the trailer where Thor and Korg, it's from above, they're looking up and there is a space where someone clearly has been edited out. <laughs> so there's going to be, yeah. and like, I don't think it's Valkyrie and I don't think it's Jane Paul. I think it's, there's another character that's going to be making some sort of appearance. This is speculative on my part. Right. Maybe, it, maybe it is Jane Foster and they just wanted to save it, that reveal for the end, but. Yeah, yeah. It's def someone is definitely cut out of that shot. It's not, yeah. as, it's not as egregious as Lizard getting hit by nobody. <laughs> <laughs> in the No Way Home trailer. But there's definitely, the way that shot is framed, there's definitely somebody there. Yeah. 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 That's my favorite. Oh, well. Lizard immediately regretting his this move. <laughs> Shit, no! <laughs> I can turn invisible. I should have uh, done this. 
Um, also, Gamora is missing from the shots of Guardians of the Galaxy. When they're standing there, Gamora is missing. So this is uh, in the time frame where they're still looking for Gamora. So clearly, we thought, you know, a lot of people speculated that Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Volume 3, would have Thor through most of it and searching for Gamora, whatever. It looks like there's a pit stop here, and, you know, Thor kind of goes off and does his own thing here uh, at, while the Guardians go off on their own. Uh, so I wonder how much of what we see in Thor Love and Thunder will kind of bleed into what we get in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 as well. So I think, like, I don't know if James Gunn is the one who said this, but I think yeah. that was the presumption was originally that it was going to be flipped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah. And then with with COVID, with James Gunn being temporarily dismissed from his responsibilities as director, like they had to kind of rejigger everything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my guess is Gamora is not going to come into play at all that they're saving i think, that I think that's really Guardians the story 3. for guardians yeah. 3 yeah i think that's yeah. really well, one um, more question to ask you guys uh real quick um michael you brought this up the idea of the gods and what gore wants to do and the gods who idolize themselves and praise themselves we're seeing that here with moon knight currently the argument about gods and the power of gods and the pettiness of the gods lost in the over void and we saw this brought up in eternals as well dare i bring up eternals the idea of gods and planting certain things and manipulating uh, the Eternals to believe one thing about who they're fighting when in fact it's something completely different that they've been doing this on multiple planets. So this idea of attacking the gods, this is going to be a very interesting overarching thing we're seeing here in these phase four offerings from the MCU. Yeah, I, I it's funny. It's funny to bring that up. I was thinking about that as well. Like we know that as guardians are aliens Mm -hmm. It seems as if the Greek gods are in the same vein when we see what we see of Mount Olympus, the you know yep. Zeus standing there, whatever. Um, meanwhile, over on Disney Plus, like Moon Knight, they've never they haven't explicitly said what the Egyptian gods are. Yeah. Um, but they definitely seem like they could be of the similar ilk as far as what their realm is or whatever. So I do think you make a good point that between the celestials and the Egyptian gods and now really doubling down on gods in Thor love and thunder. Like, I don't know what we're gearing up for, but we do seem like we are defining the role of the different pantheons of gods within the Marvel universe, the cinematic universe and what that definitively is, whether they are all aliens from different realms, like whatever we're classifying them as, we definitely seem to be filling that out. Yeah, that was something that I had thought about uh, earlier in Moon Knight, which I think we talked about in one of our reviews. Like, is this mo movie going to link up with Thor somehow, with Gore being being sort of that connective tissue? Like, at this point in the run, I mean, what were four episodes in? I, it doesn't seem like it, Yeah, but but it certainly is possible. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be fascinating, and I, and I like that. It's a nice challenge for you uh, as a viewer and as a supporter of the MCU films they're going to take you into the next um, level here, discussing gods and their um, connections to everybody and when exploring that idea of gods and what it means. And in a way, maybe bring it back to talking about heroes and their representation as essentially being gods uh, who walk the earth yeah. with their power. You know, that could be an interesting thing to kind of circle back and explore. And if Gore the God Butcher is going after the gods because they're kissing the Nerons' villains' own statues, there's some legitimacy, kind of like with Thanos, kind of like with Killmonger. I think it's nice to see Marvel adding some legitimacy to the arguments of these villains that they've done over the last few films that I think has changed the, the narrative 
that people used to complain about with the Marvel films when it came to the villains. They're just the opposite version of the heroes. Now we're getting some real theological discussions or philosophical discussions about the concepts that they are upset about. And I think that's going to be exciting to see uh, fleshed out in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I also really, I mean, I just, I think another thing where I want to give Marvel credit, because we talk about it a lot with the new trilogy and Star Wars on the bad side, but like the the passing of the ball back and forth between mm. directors and creative teams is working really well. Like, I mean, I, I think pretty publicly, like it was talked about with Infinity War, like Chris Hemsworth was so thrilled with the version of Thor that he came up, that he and Taika came up with in Thor 3. Like, because yeah. like, like we said, you really, like he was funny in Thor and Thor 2, and the Avengers movies, but Thor 3, like Chris Hemsworth really became like, oh shit, you're really funny. But then when they got to Infinity War, the Russos kind of, they, they needed Thor to be more serious. Like his whole family had died, he was alone, whatever. And they really wanted him to be more serious. And I remember there was a lot of articles about how Chris Hemsworth pushed back and was like, no, Thor's funny. And I think they ended up finding a really nice balance of a character who was dealing with a lot of shit and a lot of pathos but kind of they found humor in it and then doubled down on that with Endgame where like, you know, Big Thor uh, is really funny, but also going through some shit. Like he's, a, he's an emotional wreck. And so they really managed to f keep the humor that Taika had brought to Thor in Thor 3, but give him these emotions. And so now with Love and Thunder, we have this character that is still really, really funny, but... Yeah it's a heavy load. So like you kind of have the best of both Thors because you have this sort of God King character who has an incredible burden on him. His dad is dead. His mom is dead. Uh, Loki's dead. Like he's lost of friends. The, you know, Tony's gone. Tony's dead. Black Widow's dead. Like he's yeah. got so much on his shoulders and yet we're still kind of finding the humor. And I think that that balance of humor and pathos is I'm that's probably what I'm for all the fun stuff that we've talked about. That's what I'm most excited for. Yeah. And I also think it's incredible to look at the evolution of the Thor character. Uh, and I think this is important for for men to see this right for men to see a guy from the first Thor who was like, you know, ah, I can do what I want I have muscles. I can do what I want. I'm proud and strong and young. And being humbled by his father, sent to Earth to understand how to care for people, how to have empathy for people. And in the second Thor, really exploring his love for Jane Foster, his connection to his mom, his connection to his brother, you know, having to kind of get over things, kind of evolve uh, as a person there. And then the Thor Ragnarok, what he's confronting there, accepting his brother for who he is, accepting his role in the universe and what he has to do. And then an endgame handing over control of uh, a new asgard to valkyrie because th she's the one that should be in charge a woman woman of color kind of it's a great symbolic moment but also him navigating his depression and his mental health and all those things he's navigating in the third movie and here we are uh, in the fourth movie here's an a thor who's evolved to a place where he's looking at mindfulness and meditation and really kind of having more perspective about the galaxy about the world that he exists in i think this is an important thing that's working subtly uh, under uh, all four movies here with Thor, you can track it. So people complaining about three and four, really, I think you're not getting that one and two is the setup for three and four. It works. It still connects. And you, that character is still consistent. He's just evolving as we all can do and do in life. So just want to throw that out there, which I, I, I'm very happy about. So, Well, and before we wrap up, and this this subject kind of predates the trailer by a few weeks, but, you know, there was some uh, uh, merchandise uh, mm. that had been released and they showed what 
Christian Bale's Gore the God picture is going to look like. And in the comics, he's a little, you know, noseless. Um, but but for at least for the marketing, it looks like it's uh, Christian Bale and all of his full nose glory. Um, now, some people had a very, very strong reaction to this. Like, I, I was not familiar with Gore the God Butcher as a character. And they're like, well, you don't pay for an expensive face like Christian Bale and not show the face. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, well, you know, meet Bradley Cooper <laughs> as a raccoon. <laughs> but gentlemen, what do you I mean, yeah. having having not seen it, what do you all think? Uh, Mike? I- I never ha- like listen. This is a, I never have any issue with changing the look of a character from their comic book incarnation or their animated incarnation, if it's Star Wars, into a live action thing. Like it's all about the performance. It's all about what you do with the character as far as uh, plot, story, character, dialogue. So you listen. If, if you're gonna give Gore a nose, give him a nose. It's cool. Like it really is like, I'm more interested to see what Christian Bale does with it, which I'm imagining just given what the setup of the story is and where it seems to be going, he's going to have a lot to play with kind of to John's point about giving like actual, um, giving actual, uh, motivation to the villains. It seems like there's going to be a lot to play with. Yeah. And the, um, Jason Aaron, who, and who, uh, was, uh, the run of, co- of the Thor comics that this is based on, he commented on it, and he said, we haven't even gotten the first official look at the movie version of Gore the God Butcher yet. I've seen some concerns online about Gore's design based off glimpses of the character's action figure. As the guy who co-created him along with Assad, that's, uh, uh, sorry, that's Assad Ribic, uh, I'll just say that it wasn't Gore's nose or lack thereof that made him the tragic and deeply disturbed God Butcher that he was. Trust in the face of Christian Bale. Need I remind you, it's a pretty goddamn talented face. So to me, that's like the end of the discussion, in my opinion. That's the end of the discussion. I just want Gore to show up. I just want Gore to show up somewhere and be like, I'm going to rattle his cage. (laughs) That's what I want. You're a god. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) Um, All right, let's get out of here. Thank you all so much for uh, watching or listening to this episode of Geek Buddies. Always remember, we are podcast feed that is open for you to listen to anything we do here on the geek buddies been another fun show for sure uh shannon what do we have to tell them yeah you'd like to follow us on social media on twitter it's at geek underscore buddies on instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies if you'd like to follow me on social media on twitter it's at shannon underscore mcclung on instagram at shannon the geek buddy if you would like to follow the recently returned michael vogel it is at mk tune if you would like the never goes anywhere without saying goodbye john roca it's at the roca says <laughs> Okay, yes, thank you. Uh, Mikey, what do we have to tell them? Uh, Look, if you enjoyed this discussion about all things geeky, uh, if you're excited about Lightyear, if you're excited about Thor, if you're not excited about Ezra Miller and you can't wait for Spider-Verse, you are our kinds of people and we want to keep you here. And here's some things that you guys can do. Uh, You can click that like button below. You can subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page and check out all the amazing content he's got going on. Leave some comments below. Let us know what you thought. Like, what did we miss about the Thor trailer? Is there anything that we got wrong? What are you excited about? What are you excited about about Lightyear? What do you think of Ezra let us know everything below if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are available definitely take a minute to leave us some stars and leave some comments because it helps us go up in the rankings and as always the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video send it to your friends post it on your socials tell everybody to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies
There you go. And uh, uh, one final shout out here to Carbon Health. Thank you, Carbon Health, so much for sponsoring us here on the Geek Buddies. As we announced last week, maybe Michael missed it. Uh, they have signed on to keep sponsoring us for the next three months. So thank you very much. Uh, we continue our relationship with Carbon Health. If you've got some issues going on, you want to get checked out, you want to maybe get a second opinion, head on over to CarbonHealth.com. See if they've got a clinic near you. They offer virtual care and in-person care. Just go to CarbonHealth.com. they got 100-plus locations all over the country, 50-plus uh, locations here in California. And also, they've got uh, over 2 million COVID tests that they've delivered. The numbers are starting to go back up. People are getting concerned a little bit. It's not a bad thing to go get tested. So, you know, if, you, if you're about to go flying like Michael did internationally, go get tested or coming, you're coming back, get tested. They're there to help you uh, get squared away, and they've got a great uh, approach and point of view to healthcare in that they want us, you to may have a very strong connection with your healthcare provider and have and develop a relationship so you can get the best healthcare possible. And you could feel some ownership and comfortability in that process. So go visit them at carbonhealth.com. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we will talk to you next time with another brand new episode here from the Geek. Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.